0: The pandemic is enough to send any province into a spin, right? But you throw in the political division around here and you have an almost impossible situation. All got elevated to the uh, national stage last night as Heather McPherson, the NDP MP from Edmonton Strathcona, pushed an emergency debate in the House of Commons. Regarding the situation in Alberta, she went all out. She was throwing bombs at anyone not wearing an orange shirt. Uh, Jason Kenney was called stumbling and bumbling, an
1: unmitigated disaster. The prime minister. And, you know, the prime minister saw this coming. He has watched this happening in Alberta and he has done nothing because he would rather watch Alberta burn than help Jason Kenney.
0: So we'll see how the Premier feels about all this in a moment. Here at home, though, of course, we press on. The new restrictions are in place. More coming tomorrow. Uh, Obviously, that will be an irritant for a lot of you. Some Albertans have taken any and all attempts to manage this pandemic uh, through public health restrictions as a personal affront. Uh, And I'm interested to see and maybe even a little concerned to see how this all plays out as we go forward. Um, Regardless of which side of the struggle you find yourself on, these latest measures brought in, likely aren't going to change the way you feel about things or help, change it that much anyway but you know to be frank no one cares it's not it's not about your feeling it's not about appeasement or capitulation it should be about doing what has to be done and whatever our duly elected leader may feel that is that's the system get the information get the advice make the decision and then you face the criticism and ostensibly that's what we saw on tuesday night the premier in a primetime address outlining the new series of measures jason kenny joining us now to talk a bit more about what's going on right now good morning premier thank you so much for joining us today Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, I want to start with what happened in Ottawa last night. Uh, The situation in Alberta now making news on the national stage with the emergency debate in the House of Commons started by the NDP. I just want to play just a few seconds of uh, the exchange in the House last night, and then we can uh, react and, and talk about
1: it. We're here tonight because Alberta, because my province is in crisis, and that crisis is threatening all of Canada. Jason Kenney has been an unmitigated disaster for Alberta. But his terrible job is happening on the Prime Minister's terrible foundation. The federal government needed to do a better job preparing us for this pandemic, ensuring that we had paid sick days, implementing a pharmacare program, making sure Indigenous communities were better supported.
0: That's NDP MP Heather McPherson from Edmonton, Strathcona. Uh, Premier, is that embarrassing? Is that frustrating? Is it in any way helpful? Just uh, your reaction to what happened in Ottawa last night.
2: No, it's just uh, political shouting. Totally unproductive and totally predictable, I regret, uh, from, uh, from that party. Uh, doesn't contribute one, one bit. To, to say that Alberta is burning is, is ridiculous. You know, what we need to do is, is come together, not uh, drive uh, fear and division at this time. Um, we, uh, we, we have a spike we've got to get under control. Uh, And if we do that, vaccines will take over. and We'll be able to move move forward with uh, our normal lives later this summer. Uh, Let's just let's just focus on that and and get the job done.
0: Now, as as that um, and I agree with you, that was a hair on fire level of hysteria with Alberta burning and things like that. Um, You were speaking with the prime minister on the phone as that was happening. Are you asking for help from the feds? Is there something that the feds aren't doing at this point that you feel they should be doing?
2: Well, uh, no, not with respect to Alberta. I mean, look, obviously, we've been critical of the federal vaccine procurement. We could have used a lot more supply uh, starting in January, but that is, is now water under the bridge. Uh, I did appreciate the call. Prime Minister basically just called to express uh, support in principle and asked if, if if Alberta needed any additional assistance. I indicated that we don't at this time. I mean, that we could use additional vaccine doses, particularly Uh, for uh, Fort McMurray area, but uh, that's not available. Uh, We certainly, I I indicated, I appreciated the uh, outreach, but we don't need, um, for example, some people have floated the Canadian Armed Forces. Um, Emergency measures. We have 146 people in ICU with COVID right now, and and we have a capacity to handle up to 425. Now, I'm not saying that would be easy by any means. It would impose enormous stress on the health system and our healthcare workers we that's we absolutely don't want to go there mm-hmm. which is why we introduced these measures but we're a long way uh from uh, maximizing the capacity of the system the problem is if the current numbers continue
0: to go up for weeks then we would reach that point and that's that's what I walked the prime minister through yesterday um you mentioned the you know the political division that we're seeing now around this and I think Alberta sees more of it than anywhere else in the country right now um I've asked this question many, many times. How on earth did we think it was okay to make a pandemic political? Uh, it has served us so poorly. Um, why are we in that position, and what role did you play in making this a political battle? Um, well, I, I think,
2: uh, as I've said to you before, we seem to have a, a higher degree of polarization on this debate in Alberta than in other parts of mm-hmm. Canada. I mean, there is, there is a range of views everywhere, as you know, Shay. But, um you know, it does seem to me that we have uh, a, a very polarized debate. Some po- folks who have wanted a hard lockdown with the schools shut, most businesses closed down, curfews, and stay-at-home orders. Others who have opposed any restrictions, and and some uh, who are in total COVID denial or have adopted conspiracy theories. And unfortunately, these two polarized camps have been uh, shouting at each other, as we just heard from that clip from the NDP last night, screaming at each other. Um, and I think the vast, but uh, you know, I, I don't think we should let those polar, polarized extremes uh, really characterize where most people are. My sense Shea, is most people in Alberta, the vast, silent majority know that we need uh, limited, targeted restrictions at, at various times to control viral spread, protect the healthcare system and save lives. Um, and, and most people are, are seeking to comply w- with common sense restrictions.
0: Uh, and and I,
2: I don't think are following the, the increasingly loud and angry voices on the extremes.
0: Um, let me dig into that a little bit deeper because some of the most vocal critics of everything you've ever tried to do, in terms of restrictions and public measures, are um, you know the true blue conservatives. They're they're your supporters. Uh, they're some of your MLAs, and to to my eye, it seems to me like that has you somewhat put in a box you know politically paralyzed in a way i mean how, you 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 do try and walk that line and i think the consideration is if i go too far i will continue to lose support among my base and my mlas and things like that so you don't want to go too far on the side of restrictions do you feel like your hands are somewhat tied um you're, you're getting opposition on both sides um has that sort of tainted the way that not tainted but colored the yeah. way that you look at the decisions that you make being politically yeah. aware of the fact that it could come back to hurt you personally no, know, Shay, I totally get the question, and the answer is no. Um,
2: <laughs> at the beginning of every emergency management cabinet committee meeting, given all of the noise that we are surrounded by, all of the shouting, uh, I, I always start by saying, folks, uh, we have to leave politics out of this room. We have to do the right thing for public health. And we, ch- we keep our eye on that ball. I mean, obviously, Shay, as I've said before, we have to be aware of the broader public opinion context, Right because I, there are some people in this debate who seem to believe that the government can just kind of turn dials on a board and there will be a perfect direct linear connect, connection between that and the, and the behavior of four and a half million free people. That's Society and human behavior is a lot more complicated than that. As I've always said, stringency of restrictions does not necessarily equal compliance by the mm-hmm. broader public. You've got to keep people on board, especially through 14 tough months when everybody's tired of this, of this thing. And so I know that, that critics um, who say that, you know, uh, like that NDP member who was screaming last night, who say that uh, you should have locked us down for the, throughout the last year, I don't think they appreciate. How many Albertans have just given up on the rules? So we've got to be, that's, the, that's what we keep an eye on is how do we keep buy-in from the broad majority of Albertans uh, so that we can stay COVID safe, get past this darn thing and get
0: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. on with their lives. And Premier, like you say, the compliance is an issue, and I think we've gone past the point of trying to get buy-in to the point we now have a camp out there, and I agree with you, it is is not—it uh, is a very small minority, but they're very loud and they're very active, um, who now take this as a personal challenge, which brings me to enforcement and compliance. Um, I I think we saw a change in enforcement with what happened with the Whistle Stop Cafe in Miri yesterday. It looks like that's going to be the new approach. Can we expect to see a lot more in terms of enforcement of these restrictions and regulations over the next three weeks or month or however long it takes? Yes, I I think so. We we realize there is a a problem with compliance, obviously. And from the beginning,
2: our enforcement agencies took... um, I think a responsible approach. They started with education. When they saw like a business or or someone not complying, they would try to educate them about the rules, and then they would move to seeking compliance with a little bit more nudging, and then and only then would they use um, the hard stick of sanctions. And uh, but listen, it, it's clear that some people are just out there flagrantly seeking to violate um, these rules, and in so endangering public health, extending. Here, here's the. Shay, here's the frustrating thing. I would say to the folks who who imagine themselves great freedom fighters when they go out there and risk super spreader events and undermine public confidence in these measures, all they're doing is actually extending the pandemic. We want to get if they want to help us get this done faster so we can lift restrictions and move on, on with our lives, then 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 just uh, let's buckle down for a few weeks. That's our message. Um, so, yes, we've, we've signed a new protocol with all of the relevant law enforcement agencies and departments to cooperate more proactively, especially focusing on serious repeat offenders of the public health measures we have highlighted for the um, enforcement agencies that there are some very strong legal tools there's a section of the public health act which allows them to go and obtain a court order for example to seek uh, to prevent an event that might become a super spreader um we're also uh, strongly encouraging alberta justice to hire more designated public health prosecutors um and and so we we hope to see greater complexity at the end of the day you don't want the elected politicians picking up the phone and calling the police chiefs and telling yeah. them exactly what to do. that's not a democracy.
0: no, I agree with you on that one hundred percent, and I think uh, you know the messaging has been uh, we're going to see more more enforcement, which leads me to another question because, as you said, um you know I think th- there are people out there who have legitimate, serious concerns about the restrictions and the effect that it has on their livelihoods and their lives and I don't in any way want to downplay what they're going through, but I think the majority of them do what has to be done, and they may grumble about it, and they may be upset about it. But we also have a group of what I call provocateurs, um, people who are using this to become Facebook famous. They stream everything that they do. They love the attention. It's become a cause yep. celeb for them they would like nothing more than to be filmed screaming and yelling at peace officers who try to shut down a rally this weekend. Are you fearful that we could see an escalation in conflict in terms of trying to bring in enforcement around some of these things? Well, I, I think that is exactly why, one of the reasons why the law enforcement agencies have, have uh,
2: taken a, a careful approach to this. They, they don't want to feed into conflict. You Remember that one of the Calgary police was criticized because he was Seem to be kind of uh, be nice to protesters who are being really right, yeah. obnoxious in um, Chinook Center. That these folks were walking around without masks and screaming at, at, at fellow at shoppers. Well, you know, I think that's an example of the police just trying to keep a situation under control. It's up to them to make those calls uh, based on each circumstance. But but you're, you know. You're right. And I think what we're talking about in that category is at most a few hundred or a couple thousand people in the province. Mm-hmm. The kind of people who who trespassed on the Enoch Reserve, um, who, who assaulted a First Nations woman, who uh, vandalized the car of Chief Morin up there. Uh, the kind of people walking around the legislature with tiki torches, emulating the Charlottesville KKK rally. Um, uh, these people are, are a discredit
0: uh, to themselves
2: and to this province, but let's not imagine they're any more than a tiny fringe.
0: Um, about the restrictions themselves, and, and I'm constantly asked questions during this show, is, well, how come I can do this and I can't do that? How come I can't do this and I can't do that? I can go here, but you can't go there. And I mean, there's a million different questions. And you know what? Some I don't have answers to them. Is there a way where you could say, here's the data. This is why we closed the patios. This is the data that we can trace these cases back and know that this is a source of spread. Is there some way you can bolster this and quiet down some of these calls by supporting this with evidence? Is there evidence available? Well, there is.
2: There is. and, and we and we I often answer those questions in Facebook Live sessions and and on particular sectors and, and and so does Dr Hinshaw. we we do that in news conferences occasionally, but but Shay here's the problem like our approach until the last week has been uh, through much you know much of the past few months has been targeted measures to to focus on those kinds of activities most likely to lead to viral spread targeted measures but we are now at a point where targeted measures are no longer adequate because of the 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 huge growth in in cases—we're growing by by nearly two percent a day—and um, and as you know, I mean, we have the highest numbers in the pandemic, the highest in Canada, the highest in North America in relative terms. Um, and 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 the community spread is is so widespread now that we need simply to cut social interaction as much as we can. And so, really, the, the targeted sector-specific approach is, is not useful at this point. We've just got to
0: encourage people, if they can, to stay home and whatever they're doing to be safe. Um, Premier, in terms of a timeline here, a um, couple of questions around this. Uh, this is a three-week, almost three-week, um, whatever we want to call it. Um, First of all, given the fact that and I think it's a fair criticism that we may have waited too long and the cases are already to a a point where we're really under a lot of pressure. So, first of all, why did we wait so long? And second of all, um, are you confident that this will only last three weeks? Well, I'm confident that
2: if people respond and cut social interaction, uh, uh, yes, uh, because the vaccines will make the difference. And, And let me offer this comparison. In response to both those questions um bc and Saskatchewan, our neighboring provinces have very similar policy restrictions to alberta right now they're they're like we've surpassed them in terms of uh public health restrictions but until this week we were broadly all three provinces in the west uh very similar in our policy setting and yet their numbers are going down and ours are going up um montana last night i was talking to the governor uh, they lifted all public health restrictions in the third week of january including their mask mandate they have almost no cases, and they're not that much further ahead of us on vaccination. They're at forty-one percent of the population; we're at a third. So, um, those are indications that we can get we can get on the right track here if we just get this one particular spike under control. I, I, I ask myself, why would we be different than our surrounding jurisdictions that have mm-hmm. less stringent restrictions, or than than we do? And I don't know, these are complex things. There's a lot of factors. One of which is, is probably we have a younger population and, and uh, COVID tends to spread more readily in younger uh, age categories. Secondly, we have a, a higher level of the population who work, who are outside of the home, mixing with other people. We've had a pretty bad spring weather that's kept more people at home. We also have a lot of folks who fly into the province to work, the outbreaks up north, some of them came from the P1 Brazilian variant with workers flying in from BC, for example, that brought that. Um, so we've got a lot of different factors but the point is similar jurisdictions have got this under control with similar policies we just need to beat down this spike
0: um, so in terms of the timeline this we it, we're saying 3 weeks that's what we talked about on Tuesday when we brought these restrictions in but it could go longer correct i mean we need to see it, it, these said, cases come down i've said a minimum
2: of, of 3 weeks but but honestly it, it it's it's uh, this metaphor i've used this comparison i've used about a race between the vaccines and the variants that's actually what it is and the vaccines catch up closer every single day if we can just flatline these numbers Mm -hmm. jay just flatline the growth just stop the growth and still have some pretty big daily case numbers the vaccines will beat it uh soon enough like in june and uh and so uh you know we're at a third of the population vaccinated now 40 percent of adults will be at well over fifty percent uh, by uh, of the population by the end of this month, in Israel and the UK, when they reached that point, the numbers started to fall. Uh, the COVID numbers started to fall off a cliff. So, so <laughs> that's why people need to know this is not going to go on for months longer. But in the meantime, let's just avoid uh, a uh, putting too much pressure on those hardworking frontline healthcare workers. They've gone through a tough enough year as it is. We. We just have to avoid the worst case scenario where we're telling people who does and does not get care in ICUs.
0: And if the growth accelerates from where we are now, that's where we could be in the month of June. Yeah, we are getting close to that level. And uh, as we know, the vaccines are flooding into the country. So uh, I think that timeline is, it, it's like you say, it's not that much longer. We know we've seen in other jurisdictions that we are getting towards the end of this. And uh, we just have to make it there as safely as possible. Premier, I always appreciate you taking some time to chat. Thank you very much Can for I joining say, us this morning.
2: Th- Thank you for being a voice of moderation and reason in all of the shouting that's going on in the province. I really appreciate that and I hope more people follow your example.
0: Well, I yeah, I don't I will never understand how we made a pan- pandemic political. It is just absolutely beyond me. I, I, I don't Thank you, I Shane. can't wrap sure. my head around it. Okay, right. thanks very much, Premier.